We're going live right now on Instagram and Facebook. Give me one second. Let me post this up. All right. If you're on Instagram, I highly, highly, highly recommend going on uh, Facebook, on my personal Facebook account and watching these live streams because the quality is going to sound a lot better because the microphone. <clears throat> on Instagram, you could probably hear me. I've never actually, to be honest with you, have ever gone on Instagram and actually listened to the video. It's normally through Facebook, but um, Facebook is just, I just feel like it's a better platform for uh, video content. But we're on episode 80 of Goals and Updates. My name is Tyler Dunn. I'm coming to you live <clears throat> and um, I I'm a little sick, so I'm going to try to push through it and we'll get through it. I don't have like a fever or anything, but you probably hear it in my throat um, or my voice. My throat is kind of a little like messed up. So I'm going to try to push through it. We're going to start off by uh, <clears throat> by updating you guys on um, on my life, what's going on. And from there, we're going to go into the two topics that I have picked out today. The first topic is keep your mind thinking. The second topic is going to be talk to people that are older. And then we'll talk about done deal investments. And then from there, um, we'll close it out. But So I'm going to start off by talking about um, updates in my life. So that way you guys know that I'm doing the same stuff that I'm telling you guys to do. And <clears throat> the first thing I wanted to talk about that's happening is uh, is this marketing lunch and learn that my job has uh, actually, um, my job actually somehow, I don't even know how I got picked to be in this uh, marketing lunch and, and learn, but <clears throat> I somehow got picked into it and I, I got like an invite. I didn't know what to do with it. So I went to my manager and I'm like, I'm like, hey, I got this uh, this invite on Outlook. If I can do, you know, for a marketing lunch and learn, and I'm like, I'm not really sure why I'm tagged into it, but I'm like, if I can attend that, I definitely want to go to that because I'm gonna, I want to meet everyone in the marketing department. So I'm like, if I'm able, if I'm qualified to do that, if like somehow we can work that out, I definitely want to do that. And it was weird because um, they automatically put it on my schedule. So when I talked to my manager today on a one-on-one, -on -one, she was, she was talking about how, like, I was like, Oh, I appreciate you putting that on my schedule. And she's like, I didn't even do that. Like so, someone must've automatically did that for you. But she's like, I didn't do that. But she's like, um, you could definitely attend that. Like, she's like, I understand that you want to go there and meet people in the marketing department and you just want to kind of like reach out to different people and just connect. And <clears throat> the main reason I really want to do it is because I want to network. But at the same time, I want to grow with this company. Uh, even though I, I, I don't have long-term dreams of staying with this company like forever, I still want to move up and rank. I still want to outdo myself in this company. Like I always want to keep progressing as a human being. So I want to keep moving up within this company. That's why I kind of, I want to uh, meet more people there. And you never know, even let's say I meet a marketer here, right? And I get done deal investments to a, a status just like Cross Country Home Services one day, I can then start recruiting employees from Cross Country Home Services. Or maybe down the road, that could be a possible client of mine, or maybe that could be a possible um, partner down the line. You just don't know. So I want to meet as many different people as I possibly can. That's the goal, right? And at the same time, marketing is my niche. So if I do move into a different department later on down with cross country home services. It's either going to be in marketing or on the phone in some way, shape or form where either I'm selling warranties or I'm, I'm dealing with um, customers or anything where I have to pick up the phone majority of the time. Cause right now I'm picking up the phone a decent amount of times, but I'm really not on the phone as much as, as I really want to be. I want it for that full eight hours. I want to be on the phone. I want to be on a dialer, just hitting the next phone call, hitting the next phone call. Um, right now, I'm not really doing that. It's more email response uh, is the department that I'm in. But I pick up the phone as much as I possibly can get my hands on it. Um, <clears throat> so that's uh, that's going to be interesting. So I got, I'm going to do that Friday. And then on Monday, when we come back and I do uh, episode 81 of Goals and Updates, I'll definitely share my experience with that because I want to meet, um, I think the head person in marketing is going to be there. I know the vice, I think the vice president is going to be there that's in marketing, which it shows even more of commitment when I'm, when I'm meeting with that vice president, I'm shaking his hand and saying, Hey, Hey Chris, how's it going? I'm excited to be here at this marketing, um, lunch and learn and just learn what's going on in this company, right? In cross country home services. I'm just fascinated by what we're going to learn today, right? What's up, Jimmy? 
What's up, man? Um, so yeah, so that's going to be pretty interesting that mar marketing lunch and learn with my, with this company that I'm with right now. So that's going to open up some doors, right? And <clears throat> most people I'm telling you in that, in my department are, would not even, even if they were got an opportunity to go and get an invitation to do that, they wouldn't do it. They would just say, I don't want to do that. So that's a good, that's a good opportunity for myself within this, this organization. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about was, um, I did a speech yesterday at Toastmasters and I got this. I got I got best speaker. Best speaker. All right. And they give you a certificate for best speaker. So it's in my name. All right. Which which is pretty sick. And and I I struggled to give this speech by the way because um <clears throat> I had uh, so let me give you a little backstory on this speech. So I went and I, I skipped three weeks of going to Toastmasters and I felt really bad about it, but different things happened where I couldn't attend Toastmasters for a little while. And inside, inside, inside of me, I've kind of felt really guilty because I'm like, first of all, I'm doing this for myself when I go and do these speeches and I do Toastmaster. <clears throat> Thanks, Jimmy. I appreciate it, man. But, um, so, um, before I went, uh, you know, I skipped out three weeks. I, I said goodbye to my, uh, my friends on uh, speaking of which Jimmy and, and Costa and all them, cause they were leaving for Connecticut and I skipped out on my third week and I, and I, and I, I'm like, all right, if I'm going to go back to Toastmasters, I got to give a speech. But since I skipped three weeks out of Toastmasters, I got to prove myself to be put back into the ring. And at the same time, I have to, it just for myself, like I need to do it for myself. So I, I tell them, put me on for a speech. Now, this is before I even saw the requirements of the speech I had to give. And when I went on my pathways, that's what they call, uh, they call it pathways when you're going through it and they give you like different speeches to give. And it, the one I had to do was I had to cite uh, information in my speech, which I've never done before. I've cited information on um, an essay, you know, essays in college and stuff, but I've never actually um, cited when like, Cause you have to cite it in your speech. So like if I was talking about, um, grass, you know, grass are weeds, I would then have to go find a source to prove that what I'm saying is right. It'd have to be like uh, weeds.com. Uh, the author John Jacobs says that states that weeds grow. I mean, um, grass is actually a weed that grows rapidly, right? I can't just say that within my speech. I have to put some kind of citation to back up the proof. Uh, but it's kind of different if you have an article, if you're doing like a, if you're watching like an interview, if you're um, citing um, like a news like website, it's kind of, it's, it's not hard, but it's just weird. Cause like, you don't really say it like that. You normally just cite it in like an essay. So I've never had to like physically say that in a speech. And so the, the day, the day of, so Tuesday, I have off on Tuesdays and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go dedicate my time. I'm going to go make some phone calls. I make some phone calls for my business. I had to go to the bank and do some banking with uh with my Wells Fargo bank where I had to go in for a couple hours. And <clears throat> I come back and I'm like, I'm gonna write this speech. I write this speech within two, I think it was like about two and a half hours. And then the other half and then like the other hour I kind of practiced in front of a mirror to give this speech because it was a lot of information that I had to plug into this speech. So um, so what I ended up doing was, uh, a speech on Grant Cardone and I did his past, his beginning successes and his few, and like what he's doing right now, the present Grant Cardone. And so I had to cite certain things in it. So I was practicing it for like about an hour. Um, I felt like I was getting really sick. Like I was getting a fever. Like my throat was kind of acting up. I was, I was drinking emergency. I took, um, a leave because I felt like I was getting, um, I was sweating a little bit because I felt like I was getting a fever. And so that was kind of in the back of my mind, like, oh man, I'm going to have to present this very, very uncomfortable with, with um, being sick. And then I'm like, at the same time, um, I had to print these documents and my printer's not working. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to be late. So I had to go run down to FedEx, print out the evaluation sheet to give to my evaluator. And I was late and I, I told um Larissa, she actually joined this, but, um, I told Larissa, I'm like, Hey, just let them know. Like I'm coming, I'm doing the speech. I'm 100% going to show up. I'm just running late. Cause I had to go print those forms. So that was like a setback. I was getting sick. That was a setback. Um, I had to write it within that, that same day, right? All this information, cite it, all this stuff.
Um, I'm trying to think, there's I think there was something else that I that I was gonna do, um, and like it was almost like a setback. Um, oh, that was the other thing too. So I give this speech, and I do pretty good, but there's a part in the speech where um, I had to I had to think because most of, like you're not you don't read off a paper like a lot of it's off off your dome like off off your memory. So I'm like trying to do the beginning like the past and talk about Frank Cardone's um like when he was a drug addict basically in his beginning stages before he was even wealthy or famous. And um, I got stuck on the word drug. I said drug and it was supposed to be drug dealer. And I got stuck on the word dealer and I couldn't process in my head. Like I couldn't think of the word drug dealer. I just thought of drug and I got stuck. And for like a, a, like maybe like 15 seconds, I was like trying to like, I was trying to think to myself, I stopped in the speech and I was trying to think I couldn't figure it out for a second and and then automatically it hit me and i'm like oh drug dealer and i kind of laughed and then I, I continued the speech so what ended up happening was i have so much information in this speech that i have i only have seven i think max to qualify the speech i have to do it under seven and a half minutes or else i get disqualified with this speech so i end up trying to like kind of catch myself back up and i think i ended up rushing and the evaluator that was evaluating me was like oh you kind of seem like you're a little nervous up there um like you, you didn't really uh like he's like your your presentation was like phenomenal he was like it just seemed like you were trying to like you were uncomfortable and and then at the end i talked to him and i was like i don't think i was uncomfortable I, i'm pretty comfortable being up there it's just i was trying once i messed up on um the word i got stuck on i had to try to catch myself back up to make sure i was qualifying on the time so I was trying to catch myself back up with all the information that I had to present. So, um, so like as he's kind of doing my evaluation, I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna win best speaker. Like just what he's saying, um, and I just, I, like, I didn't feel good because like I felt like the criticism that I was getting, I was like, oh, like people are not gonna vote for me. Like, I, like I'm not, I'm not gonna win. <clears throat> and there's two other speakers. Uh, the first, the first speaker was phenomenal. The second one was like okay like i didn't think it was like i didn't think it was the best speech ever but like it was it, it was a good point to it a good meaning to it but the first speech was very funny i thought that person was gonna win and i ended up winning best best speaker which i was like oh i was like oh wow like i wasn't even expecting it so i won best speaker on on that so the point of this story is um kind of kind of like wing things like like it's gonna sound bad but like wing it the reason I tell you that is because if I didn't wing the speech that I was going to do, I wouldn't have won best speaker. And like it all kind of, and like, there's so many different things that are like pushing me to like fail, but I kind of overcame it and I did the speech anyways. Right. <clears throat> and like, even right now, like I'm overcoming this, uh, you know, like it, it's like, you probably hear it in my voice. I even hear it in, in the headphones. Um, but I'm overcoming getting sick, but I'm still here presenting a podcast or a live stream to you guys. So the point that I'm trying to make is uh, you have to sometimes overcome uh, obstacles in your life. You're not going to have, it's not going to be perfect, right? Like my perfect ideal speech would have been like, everything was crystal clear. I didn't stutter in the speech. I was able to cite everything perfectly. I didn't have to stop anything that I was doing. My vocals, my, my levels of vocal was perfect. Um, everyone, you know, I had a lot of a big audience, which I had a decent audience, decent amount of people showed up that day, but, um, I was hoping to get some guests as a, excuse me. I like doing it in front of guests, my speeches, cause it, it kind of shows like I'm used to the people that are there, right? I'm used to seeing the same people that are members at Toastmasters at the one I go to. And when I see, um, when I see new faces it gets me a little bit more excited because I have to prove myself to that person. That person has no idea who I am. So I kind of have to prove myself a little bit more rather than speaking to people that I already know. Gets you a little bit more excited. Uh, you under like you understand like that person's first impression hasn't been set yet and that it, they're going to be unbiased when they talk to you about your speech. So I get excited when I see a, a new face there or a guest or guests that are, are there because they'll give me better feedback than probably someone that knows me. Right. So uh, unfortunately I didn't have any, I don't think we had any guests that or last night, but um, I was just amazed. I won best speaker. And like, that was something that uh, kind of gave me a lot of, a lot of self-confidence yesterday because I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm sick, but I showed up, I committed and I, and I achieved something that I didn't think I was going to get. 
Uh, the other thing I want to update you guys before we go into these two topics is um, this morning I called uh, the IRS, the I R and the S. Uh, but um, I called them because I wanted to. I've never called I I I R S before in my life, so I didn't know really what to expect. Most of the time when you call government agencies, they're kind of rude. But I actually had a pretty good experience. I called the wrong department. And every single time I've called a government office or some type of like state department, they they just they go, oh, you called the wrong department. And they just transfer you back to the to the like the actual line where you have to pick everything again. They don't transfer you directly to that department. So what happens is you play the game of hitting the wrong department every single time and they don't really guide you where to go. And when I called the IRS this morning, I called them at eight. I didn't get off the phone with them until nine. So I was on hold for like 45 minutes. But I called the one department. This lady answered and she's like, hey, you called the wrong department. You're going to want to call this department. And I'm like, all right, what's the number? And she goes, no, she's like, you can write the number down, but I'm just going to live transfer you to them. So you go directly to them and then they'll just answer. And I'm like, perfect. Thank you so much. Transfers me. Wait like 35 minutes. Someone answers. And the reason I was calling the IRS, by the way, is um, I had to file an amendment. Never filed business taxes before. Um, so, you know, most people are probably uh, most people that I'm that I'm going to mention this to might be like, oh, like that's kind of common sense. But I've never filed business tax before. It's brand new to me. I, I don't know too much on taxes um, besides a few different things. And so what I did was I ended up filing my personal taxes first. And what I should have done was file a, a Schedule C. Now, for anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's um, when you're self-employed, you file your personal. When you're not a, a huge corporation, you file your personal with your business taxes together. And, it, and what it is, is like your business taxes, whatever income you get through the business is basically, um, it's like extra personal income, they consider it. So, because um, my business right now, I'm a, a single member LLC, which just means I'm the only owner of this business. There's no partnerships, there's no uh, shareholders, there's nothing. So, all the income comes directly to me and I am the decision maker, right? So, that's why, they, that's why you schedule it's called a schedule C and you put your, both the business and the personal tax income and expenses together. Right? So I didn't know that at first filed my personal taxes. And then what happened was I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go file my business taxes now. And then TurboTax is like, no, you should have filed it together. And I'm like, Oh man, how do I fix this now? Cause I already sent, I already sent an e-file already to the IRS. And then this person on TurboTax is like, no, like, you got to wait until an amendment X, they call it an amendment X. You amend the other tax, the personal tax, and you just amend it and tell them that you're adding this business portion onto that tax and, uh, and that, or that tax report. And I'm like, okay. So long story short, I had to wait like two months before I could file the business tax. And I finally, you know, submitted it about a month ago, but I wanted to make sure because the reason I have to submit business tax and um, even though you should submit your taxes every single year anyways, but the reason I really have to try to make sure the IRS gets it and it's in the system and everything is because um, when I made this entity, um, whoever set it up for me, the corporation that I used, they set it up in Utah and then I had to do a foreign company into Florida. But when I got closer to my tax, when I had to file taxes, and I, you have to renew in each state. I'm like, it doesn't make any sense when I when I talked to a tax advisor too. He confirmed it. I'm like, it doesn't make any sense for me to be paying Utah and Florida if my business is mainly in Florida. I don't do any business in Utah. That's just where the corporation was designed in. Um, <clears throat> and it didn't make any sense to me. And the tax guys like, we're gonna want to do. And the reason I'm sharing this to you guys is because anyone that starts a new business. Um, you're going to want to like, this could be important information to you. Cause no one shared this to me. Like there's no manual for business. You kind of have to just, you kind of have to wing things, figure things out as you go. There's no manual. There's no manual saying like, all right, this is how you set up your business tax. Uh, this is how you set up an LLC or a sole prioritor, uh, ship, uh, you know, they don't, there's no manual. So you have, you have to do things, fail, learn, and then fix things as you go. So <clears throat> what ended up happening was. I have to file my taxes. I have to send that tax information to Utah to show that 
you know, like if any ta- if I made any income or any any you know my expenses and the income and basically give them to make sure that their taxes is okay, close that out my entity out of Utah, and then try to move into Florida, right? So it's like a whole long process, but I um, but I'm learning, right? It's a learning experience, but the hard thing is like, that's why I had to call the IRS. I have to make sure they have it. So that way when I go to and send paperwork and call Utah, the state of Utah, I can cancel that entity out because they'll have the tax information. And then I got to work with Florida to change it from a foreign entity into a, uh, a main entity in the state of Florida. And, uh, and plus the reason I want to change it into Florida anyways, is because it's a real estate business. And in Florida, um, you have bigger real estate, uh, tax breaks. Uh, when I was talking to the tax advisor, he was claiming that Utah doesn't really have uh, they're They tend, I think, to be a little bit more um, like Democrat and they, they tend to like tax you more. So there's not a lot of tax breaks. And he's like, in Florida, it's the hot spot for real estate because it's more Republican and they tend to um, they tend to give you more tax breaks on your business, especially with real estate. It's a it's a big thing in Florida. So. I started, you know, so I'm trying to do my research on that, how to fix all that stuff, but everything's going pretty good right now with Dundee Investments. It's just, it's just fixing little minor things to get things uh, flowing better. And then I just got to work. I'm working on a bunch of things. I'm working on adding the home inspections and we'll talk about that more when I get to Dundee Investments at the end. But so that's my updates. Really. It's those three things, the best speaker, marketing, lunch and learn and the IRS call. And the reason I want to put the IRS call in here, like I said, is uh, for anyone that's doing trying to start a business, it's very crucial that you learn from other people's mistakes, right? Because if you can learn from my mistake, you'll be ahead of the game, right? You'll, you'll get a step ahead rather than a step backwards and a, and a setback, right? So, um, and it just made me, it made me feel really good because I actually did something I've never done in the history of my life, right? I've never filed business taxes before. Now, I you know it's a different story. They said I have to wait 16 weeks, which is about, I think like three months, right? Uh, four, it could be three to four months, um, before I even get the return back. But, or if they tell, or if they, uh, I forget what they call, or if they audit me, right? An audit means that they looked over your tax uh, information and it wasn't filled out right. They have questions about this, like this looks wrong, right? So we'll see what happens. I'll let you know, and when I when that all happens and that all falls into place. But um, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious with that whole thing. But I gotta, I gotta do a lot more research on taxes. That's the next big thing is the taxes and different, um, different other things I want to add on. But anyways. We're going to go to this next, these two topics. So the first topic is going to be keep your mind thinking. Now, the reason I picked this topic, keep your mind thinking is um, we tend to kind of stop thinking about things or maybe you're thinking about something, right? And all of a sudden you just, you have to work, you have to, uh, you have to do something. Something ends up taking up your time and you're not really thinking, you're kind of stuck in moving. Uh, almost like an autopilot, right? And you tend to stop thinking about things. The biggest thing I learned is the more I started doing something, the more I started thinking, and the more I pitched my ideas to other people, uh, they got me thinking about other things. So I'll give you a couple examples of this. I, um, Dundeal Investments, the name Dundeal Investments LLC was not my idea. Let me say, let me say that again. Done deal invest. The idea I had the idea for um, the actual business of Done Deal Investments LLC, but my friend gave me the name Done Deal Investments. I was speaking to him a, a while back, and I said, you know, I really, uh, you know, uh, and people that know me, like they know, like I'm really into business. Like you can ask anyone that knows me. They know they know I'm really into business, and so my one friend I I talked to, um, he's really intrigued with business as well. I talked to him a lot about business, and I just pitch him ideas. He pitches me his ideas, and one day um, I'm talking to him about real estate, and I'm like, you know, I want to do a business in real estate. I want to do this thing with distressed sellers and investors because I ended up looking up um because it's not it's nothing that I like I just started. Uh, I saw a trading video. And they um, introduced me to the whole, it's called wholesaling. And that's what that 
that's what my business does right now is wholesaling real estate. You help the distressed seller and you take an investor and you help put that deal together. And that's how that works. But when I was pitching this idea to my friend, he goes, oh man, like, and everyone uses my last name Dunn, D-U-N-N as kind of like a crutch or a pun where they'll be like, oh, Tyler's Dunn or it's, you know, like uh, it's, it's, uh, they'll just use it in different phrases uh, because the last name Dunn, it just, you could put that in anything. And I use, people just kind of made fun of me for like, oh, Tyler's Dunn or uh, my, my teachers kind of did that sometimes, but my friend goes, oh, it's a, it's done deal. It's a done deal. And I go, I go, oh man, that's actually pretty smart, man. Like you're onto something. And it was kind of funny because I'm like, oh, you're onto something. And he's like, yeah, done deal. And I'm like, I'm like, done deal investments. And that's where, and that's where done deal investments came into place. He pitched me done deal using my last name and deal. And then I just put in investments and I was like, oh, done deal investments. Yo, that's brilliant. That's brilliant, man. And, um, <clears throat> I didn't really think about it, but the reason I thought it was brilliant was because it's using my last name and it's a done deal, right? Like you, like people normally say that to other people, but I wasn't thinking about that when we got the name. I, but then I started realizing like people like liked it. Like I'd go to my, my, uh, my one friend's house and he'd be like, yo, I like, it's a done deal, man. I play basketball with my friends and they'd be like, every single time you make a basket, you gotta, you gotta say done deal. Right? So the point that I'm trying to make to you guys is, um, when you pitch your ideas to other people, sometimes those people actually have ideas that you can take for yourself. Right. And the only way that happens is if you constantly keep thinking about what you want to do or, uh, what your goals are, or where you're trying to go. You have to constantly think about these ideas. And, you know, and then later on, like, that's when I started thinking about more things. Right. Cause then I'm like, all right, like I have this business done deal investments and I'm like, I want to make it obviously for distressed sellers and investors. And then I was, you know, then I'm starting to like, I'm, I'm at school and I'm at accounting class or I'm at statistics. And <clears throat> that's always like when you're in college, it's kind of what you do. Like you kind of, you tend to, I do a lot of, um, by the way, I do a lot of like day drifting. Uh, I call it day drifting where I'll be sitting there listening to something and my mind will constantly just go somewhere else. Right. And it probably happens to a lot of people but it happens to me a lot. Like I'll be doing something and it's almost like my mind goes to autopilot and I start thinking about things and my mind, um, cause I'm so constantly involved in business and I just really appreciate business. My mind goes to business and ideas and things that people would buy and, um, different ideas for my business. And that's how I got the idea for like home inspections. And like, I'm like, Oh man, like, um, I was watching this one video with Grant Cardone and he was talking about adding different flows of income, um, to your business. And that's how you really be, that's how you really create a massive dominating successful business is when you start adding flows that connect into other flows into your business. And the best example I can give you on that one is think of Apple, right? Apple dominates the technology error, right? They sell you computers tablets, phones, um, and, they, and they also dominate other niches that actually go onto those devices like iTunes. Uh, they, they do like app developing. They, um, the, the list basically goes on. They have their own searching browser, which is Safari. <clears throat> they have, um, so like, that's what I'm saying. Like all those flows come together and that, that business is worth a trillion dollars, a trillion dollar uh, corporation. Right, it's the first business to in the United States to ever hit a trillion dollars. Right, so the point that I'm trying to make to you is you have to constantly think on things that you want. You got to constantly think about your life. You got to constantly think on ideas, and that's how I came up with like home inspections. And I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, I got to get some flows. Uh, what can I do in real estate? And I start thinking to myself, like, like home inspections is pretty interesting. Um, like real estate space is pretty interesting. Like just real estate agents in general. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking down the list. I'm like financing, financing actually came from another person. I went to the 10 X growth conference, uh, two months ago. All right. Go to the 10 X growth conference. And I take the first day I go with my friend. who's the same person that pitched me the done deal investments, uh, name. 
and we get into an Uber ride to go to the Marlins Stadium. And the person that gets that's in the car is a uh, a mortgage broker. And I start talking about Dundee Investments because you know you're going there to network. Uh, we're talking we're like talking about business and stuff in the Uber ride. And he goes, he's like, "What's your business?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's a real estate business. It's really wholesaling." But I'm like, I want to add different elements like home inspections and this and that. And he ended up being, like I said, a mortgage broker or a financial uh, advisor. I think it was more of a, I think he, I think he is a mortgage broker if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, but we started talking about that and I'm like, Oh, it's really interesting. Like, um, so you help people get mortgages and financing. And he's like, yeah. And I didn't think about it at the time I was talking to this person. I get, we, me and my friend ended up leaving the event and as we're driving and walking to his car, this idea popped in my head. And I'm like, wow, wasn't it so amazing? Like, as I'm talking to my friend, I'm like, wasn't it so cool talking to that mortgage broker? And we're talking, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I could add financing to my business. Right. And that's another flow of income that I can eventually work on. And I'm like, wow, that's so, that's, that's incredible. I'm like, I just thought about that after I just talked to the mortgage broker. Right. So the point is, which will lead us into the next topic, you don't want to talk to people that are older than you, but, um, it got me thinking, right? My thoughts started thinking and I started coming up with ideas and I'm like, okay, like I, I can go from here to here and I can do this and that. And in my mind just automatically was like, Hey, like you could definitely add that on to your business. Right. And I pitched that to people sometimes just to see what people would say. Like, and, and that's why I use people, right? I, I just use people as like, I don't use, like, don't take that the wrong way. I don't use people, but I mean, as like ideas or I pitch ideas to people that don't know me too well. Like I was in the car with, um, when I was driving Ashma's, uh, parents to the airport with her, she went to Alaska, which I've talked about in a couple episodes, but I, I was driving them and I was pitching them done deal investments. And I said, uh, you know, I really want to do financing, right? Like eventually I want to do financing. I want to do add this on and they go, wow, that's brilliant. They go, that's brilliant, man. Like, that, that's amazing. They're like, yeah, that's like, that's, that's perfect. Someone else, uh, oh man, Facebook's reconnecting. Hang on, guys, on Instagram, we're reconnecting on Facebook. <laughs> Hang on, I'm gonna have to do, uh, I'm gonna have to end this real quick and then reboot it. All right, so I'll fix this after. All right, what's up, guys? I'm sorry about that. It's gonna be a part two. Um, I lost connection, I was trying to reconnect, and I figured it'd be easier just to end the live stream and do a part two and just put this over it. So I was driving them and I pitched the financing to them, uh, continuing off that story. I pitched them the financing idea and they're like, oh, that's amazing. And we were talking about references and they're, they're pitching these, these ideas in the car and they're talking about references and they're like, you know, like if you wanted to make a good impression with a broker or you wanted to, to help this person that's helping you in business, like an actual business partner, send them, send them gifts, send them different things because most people are not going to do that. And I was, and they're talking about references and stuff. And I go, wow, that's amazing. I said, you know, I was watching a video where they actually recommend doing that, where you actually send gifts for like Christmas or, or like, Hey, here's a hundred extra bucks for helping me out with this deal. And I was like, cause I, re and I was like, cause they stated exactly what you said that most people won't go out of their way to give money to that broker, or they won't go in and give a gift to that broker. And I was like, like, that's brilliant. Like, I was like, thank you so much for reinforcing that into my mind because I'm like, I heard that a long time ago. I kind of forgot about it. And now you guys re reinvented it into my head, right? So there's that. I've talked to, um, like yesterday after I did my speech, I was talking to um, this guy, Scott, at Toastmasters. And Scott is a multi uh, commercial multifamily real estate landlord. So he's doing stuff that I'm invested in right now, which is... Uh, uh, commercial real estate or multi commercial multifamily real estate, which is multiple units in one location, but bigger, bigger deals. Now I don't know how many units he owns, but, um, the money that I'm invested in is about like, I think pretty close to over a thousand units, but in different places like Texas and Florida. And, um, the point that I was trying to make is I pitched it to him cause he's in the real estate space. So he knows pretty well, like if this idea would work, and I pitched him the idea and I'm like, 
yeah, like this is what I'm doing right now with Dundeal Investments. This is what I want to do in the future. I want to add on home inspections, financing this. Excuse me. I want to add all this stuff. And he goes, he's like, wow, that's actually pretty brilliant, man. It's a one-stop shop. And I'm like, I'm like, man, like that's what I've been saying, man. One-stop shop. Right. And he, and he, and he said it to me and he's like, yeah, it's like a one-stop shop for real estate. Like you have everything, home inspections, financing, real estate agents, uh, the whole nine yards. Right. And so he confirmed it. He's in the real estate space. Like I said, he does multi, uh, commercial multifamily, uh, real estate, which is like massive deals. Right. And he's got to get through brokers. He's got to, he's got to know what he's doing if he's going to get into like those big deals. So if he's telling me that it's a good idea, what do I know off the bat? I know it's a good idea. I should do it. And he also told me, and he was like, and it's possible, right? Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I know it's possible. I'm like, but is it a good, like, you know, like, is it a good idea? And he's like, yeah, man, it's a one-stop shop. And the, the once when he said one-stop shop is what really blew my mind because I'm like, that's what I've been telling people. It's like a one-stop shop. And so he kind of, and like, I didn't tell, like, I didn't say one-stop shop to him. He just told me it's like a one-stop shop. And I was like, I like, dude, that's perfect. Like, that's perfect. It just confirms everything, right? It also comes back to an episode I told you a long time ago, where when you start talking about things that you want, they'll start appearing in front of you. It's like magic. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it, but it's like magic. It's the only way I can explain that to you where things are just like, when you start talking about uh, things that you want in your life and things that you're trying to accomplish and they just show up at your doorstep in different ways, like talking to someone and they confirm something or um, someone pitches you an idea and, and that was the, that that was like the idea that you needed. Um, the only explanation I can give that to you is that's God's way of trying to give you something. Now, if you're not very religious, uh, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I, I, I truly believe there is a God, but my point across is that's the only explanation I can I can really accommodate or accommodate that with is there it's it's almost like when you accept something, right, and you start talking about it and you're looking for the answers, it, it just gets presented to you. It's just in your face. It just presents itself to you, and that's the only way I can really describe that. Is um I just I I I really believe that it's God's way of showing you like okay like you're accepting what your fate is, what your purpose is. And now since you accepted what your purpose is, here's the gift. Here's the little things that are going to get you to where you want to go in life. And that's the only thing I can really come up with on that explanation. But um, most people will think I'm crazy for giving you that explanation. And a lot of people will probably say, um, I've talked about things that I've wanted. I've never seen them happen in front of my face. But it could be because you're not paying attention. You got to really pay attention because I'm telling you, I've talked about things before and then a week later, someone else brings it up and, and says and confirms something. Um, it's just, it's the, it's the craziest thing I've, I've ever, I've ever encountered in my whole entire life, but um, it'll freak you out at first a couple of times. Like I, like I felt like I was having deja vu for a long, long time. And then I realized that it was just because um, I'm seeking these answers and the answers are starting to reveal themselves to me in my life. So uh, it freaked me out for a little while too. Cause I thought I was, I thought I was like psychic or something for a while, but, um, <clears throat> so that's keeping your mind thinking. You got to constantly keep your mind open to the ideas. Just let ideas flow in. Um, but you also have to be careful what you're also letting into your mind, because if you're letting in terrible information, garbage, you're putting all this garbage information into your mind you're going to end up not becoming successful and you're going to end up uh, going down probably the wrong path because you have the wrong information, which um, I do want to do a topic where um, I do, it's going to be, a, it's going to be called actually I got to write that. Well, I got to put it down on paper after this podcast, but um, it's going to be, it's going to be a topic on people are, I don't believe there's stupid people in the world. And uh, like probably 90% of people will probably disagree with me on that. I don't think there's stupid people on the planet. I think there's a lot of misinformed people. And and that's something that um we'll I'll talk about in a different podcast, but that's a good topic maybe for next Monday. But like I really don't believe there's stupid people. I just feel like people are very misinformed. There's a lot of information available to us, but 
a lot of the information is wrong. A lot of information that holds you back if uh, it gets in, if it gets locked into your mind. Um, so we'll go over that next Monday, but we're going to go to the next topic. So the next topic is going to lead, this one kind of leans into uh, keeping your mind thinking. It's called talk to people that are older. Now, what I mean by this topic is what I've found is if I can talk to older people like my grandparents, if I can go and talk to my uncles and aunts, if I can talk to my parents, if I can go and talk to other people's parents and grandparents and um, people that are maybe not even as old as like my parents and grandparents and maybe just a little bit older that have hit different points in their life that can confirm something that I'm trying to do, right? Uh, those people already have maybe information that I can then incorporate and not make the same mistakes as them. It kind of goes back to what I was saying in, in the beginning of uh, part one of this episode of Goals and Updates, ep episode 80. Um, <clears throat> I, um, that's what I've realized. Because when I was younger, I thought I knew everything. All right? I, I honestly did. I thought I knew everything. And even on these podcasts, you might think I know everything. I, like I'm telling you, I don't know everything. <laughs> actually on these podcasts, you'll actually probably realize I don't know everything. And I'm going to tell you when I mess up or if I did something good, uh, when I update you guys do the updates. But, <clears throat> but the point that I'm trying to make here is, uh, if you talk to other people, older people that have lived their lives longer than you have, you can learn from their experiences. You can learn from their mistakes. They can confirm information that you are not really sure about and they'll confirm it. Now, I'm going to give you a couple examples on this in my own life uh, of dealing with this. Um, by the way, I actually picked this up um, from an ex-girlfriend, the idea of this. All right. Uh, the first girlfriend I ever had <clears throat> was a uh, Vietnamese girl. Give me one sec. It was a um, <clears throat> Vietnamese girl. And in their, in their culture... This is why I think it's really important to learn about other people's cultures, by the way. Uh, if, if you're just Catholic, I definitely challenge you to go dive into other religions. I definitely challenge you to go in and dive into um, other cultures. Like maybe you're just, you just consider yourself American and that's it. I definitely would encourage you to go dive into different cultures outside the United States or even outside like your comfort zone because this is where I learn a lot of stuff off of other cultures, other people, different backgrounds, so on. And... And so um, when I was dating this, uh, my ex-girlfriend at the time, or the girlfriend at the time, now it's ex-girlfriend, but uh, when I was dating her, she she stated that your elders, you learn from your elders, like you respect your elders. So like the elderly you respect in the Vietnamese culture. And she was stating to me that uh, you respect them because they're wiser, because when you're older, you've lived longer and you've gone through life a little bit longer. You've been through more challenges because you're older. And that's why in, the, in, in that culture, that Vietnamese culture, it's traditional to respect your elders because they tend to be more wiser. And at the time, you know, I didn't really think too much of it. At the time, I was just like, okay. Um, I don't, I don't really, I kind of understand what you're saying, but I'm like, I don't really agree with that because there's older people that really don't know what the heck is going on, right? There's like older people that uh, maybe drifted through life and didn't really do anything. And later on, as I got older and I, you know, I broke up, we, we broke up, um, <clears throat> I started realizing this. I started talking to my grandparents my grandparents would um, talk to me about politics and my grandparents would talk to me about investing and my grandparents would talk to me about uh, car buying and different elements that I needed later on in life that when I found new information that I needed confirmation on, I would talk to my grandparents or I talked to my uncle or I talked to my aunt or I talked to an older friend that was um, like like 15 or 20 years older than I was. And I would confirm these things and I re and then I'd get information passed down that they would just tell me things. And <clears throat> what I realized was it was almost like I stated in like a, another podcast where when you read books, it's almost like you're buying back time. 
it's the same idea when you're talking to someone that's older than you because they're telling you all of their mistakes. So when I went to, I'll give you another example. Um, when I went to go invest my money in the stock market back when I was 18, um, I was talking to the, the, the my stockbroker at the time. And this is when I was trying to, which I didn't realize I was doing, I was pitching him to take money, my money that I like kind of got from my grandfather. I didn't really, I don't, I guess it is inherited money, but I got money, my grandfather, and I wanted to put it in an investment. I didn't want to hold on to it. I was too, I was really young. I was 18 at the time. And I'm like, if I hold on to this money, I'm going to spend this money. I don't want this money. I want to get rid of it. And what ended up happening was go to the stockbroker and I start trying to tell him like why I want to invest this money. I went, you know, I told, I told him all about what I learned in this business class I took in high school about the set, the seven rule and uh, the compounding interest and all this stuff. And I'm like, I just want to invest this money. And he goes, um, he starts telling me about all the mistakes that he made when he was younger. He's like, I wasn't thinking like you at 18. He's like, I blew all my cash. I spent it all the time. He's like, um, I ended up getting into gambling and gambled all my money away. And then he's like, I had to like start from scratch and work my way back up. Um, and he went through all of his life lessons. He's like, all I did, you know, I, I, I chilled with my friends and just got, you know, I smoked weed all day and I didn't do anything. And he's like, later on when I got older, it was a lot harder for me. And he was like, if I would have done what you're doing right now, where you're investing money at 18 and you, and you're developing those habits of investing and, um, trying to, and trying to basically like self-improve yourself, uh, and not follow everyone else that's not investing, spending all their money. Uh, you know, they're following the the crowds. He's like, I'd be in a hell of a lot better shape than I am now. And, and he was in a pretty good, he's in pretty good shape now. But what he was saying is I would be in a way better place than now. Uh, he's like, I just, I had a lot of hiccups. I messed up when I was younger. And he's like, what you're doing is the right thing to do. And he's like, I'm pretty impressed. You know, I've never, I've never had an 18 year old kid come to my office and try to, and try to, you know, give me their money to invest in the stock market before, uh, for me to be their financial advisor. And, uh, it kind of like that, I kind of carried with me the whole entire way. It really did. It carried with me throughout my whole entire life. Cause at that point in time, I didn't really realize what I was doing. Right. I just knew that I wanted to get rid of the money. I want to get rid of the money. I want to put it in an investment. That's what I was told to do. And that's what I did. But at the time, I didn't really realize that I was developing a habit of investing early. And I was trying to develop a sense of, uh, I was trying to develop, um, like I was trying to do something different than everyone else, right? Because I knew most people were going to spend this money. If someone, if a, if a young 18-year-old kid had a four grand or, you know, two grand or whatever, they're probably going to go spend it on something crazy, like go buy a car Probably go, um, you know, probably buy something stupid, buy like uh, tickets to like some expensive concert. Um, <clears throat> so I knew like I had to get rid of the money because like I didn't want it sitting either. I kind of knew a little bit about savings accounts and how savings accounts, you didn't really make any money off putting your money in a savings account. It's like 0. 0.001, uh, which is, you know, w- which is ridiculous. You'll die by the time you even make like 50 bucks out of that account. But <clears throat> the point that I'm trying to make is... Um, I learned from that, right? I learned from that person's encounter that was way older than me, like probably like my parents' age at the time. And I learned from that experience. Uh, another one I can give you is I remember to this day, um, I went to, I worked my first ever job that I ever worked at was Saveology Iceplex. And the cook who was Jimmy at the time, which Jimmy joined the Instagram stream, but <clears throat> Jimmy was the cook there. That's why I met Jimmy and we've been friends for like nine years ever since. Uh, probably way longer than that, actually. I think now it's like probably going on 10. But he writes on, he at the time, he, he was a cook there. He writes on the on this wall, he puts uh, knowledge is power. I don't know why he put that up there. I, I think I asked him and he doesn't even know why he put the knowledge is power up on that on that wall. And I remember going in going into work and I see knowledge is power and I kind of contemplate to myself for a while. And I'm thinking about this knowledge is power, knowledge is power, knowledge is power. Right. And I'm taking orders cause I'm a cashier at the time I'm taking orders and I'm like <clears throat> thinking about it. And I'm like, knowledge is power. And so this goes back to keeping your mind thinking, by the way, 
And I'm like, oh, man, knowledge is power. And I think to myself, and I'm like, I'm like, holy crap, that's the answer. I, 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 like, I, like, I remember like it was yesterday. That's the answer. It's knowledge. You have the wrong information. That's what it is. And I just remember telling myself that. I'm like, we have the wrong information. Knowledge is power. The wrong knowledge is, is bad power. It gives power to someone else, right? <clears throat> and I'm like, I'm like, damn, like that's that's brilliant. And I I just kept it with with me this whole entire like nine years later. <clears throat> and I'm like, knowledge is power. So I gotta invest in myself, right? I gotta invest in myself with knowledge. I gotta read books. I gotta go get um uh, courses that are gonna teach me things that I need, right? College is not gonna teach me these things. I need to go out and invest in other resources that will give me the knowledge I need. And I just remember that. And I told him like, I, I told him like a couple of months back, I'm like, yo, do you remember when you put on uh, knowledge is power on that board? And he goes, yeah. And I, I think I asked him, I'm like, why? Like you, do you remember like why you put that on the board? And he's like, I, he's like, honestly, dude, like that was so long ago. I don't even remember like nine years ago, but I, and he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm amazed. You even remember me putting knowledge is power on the board, but this is what I'm trying to tell you is like, these two topics really tie in together. Keeping, keep your mind thinking and talking to people that are older because Jimmy's older than me. All right. I'm not going to tell you Jimmy's age because Jimmy's could probably get pissed if I say his age, but Jimmy is, is older than me. Like I'm not, I'm not in his generation um, at all, but like, like, but I'm, 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 I'm like, that's one of my, like, I consider that like a family, a family friend. Like that's my brother. Right. Like I said, I make, I make family. I don't make friends, but my point across is, um, that's someone that was older than me that gave me that idea. And at the same time, I started thinking on that idea, that idea played in my mind throughout nine years and is still going on that. I remember that knowledge is power. And, you know, most people that work there probably don't even remember that. If I pitch that, they might say, Oh yeah, I kind of remember him putting that on the board. But uh, they're not thinking about knowledge is power. They're just thinking about like getting through college and getting an okay job and just kind of moving on with their lives. Like a lot of the people I know <clears throat> have like kids now. So they're not even thinking about like knowledge is power. They're thinking about their kids. They're trying to get to work. They're trying to um, kind of like, you know, provide for their family now. So it's kind of, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of weird to think that a lot of people my age now have kids and they're trying to, you know, get to that next level already and like i'm working on myself still right that's the weirdest thing that i've always thought about with my generation right now is like <clears throat> they're working on other people and i'm and i'm working on myself and i'm not even i like i don't even feel like i put myself together even like 100 percent, and i'm still pretty confident with myself right but <clears throat> these people um, or the people that have the kids have to now try to work on themselves which they're probably not really doing they're probably trying to work more um, for the, the child or um, the spouse or whoever they're with, and they're kind of giving up themselves now for that, which, you know, they're probably going to do well. Like, I'm not saying they're going to do bad. I'm just saying it's going to be a lot harder for them because they're not going to be able to work on themselves. Sorry, guys, my throat's getting a little dry. But, um, but uh, so that's, uh, those are the two topics. Keep your mind thinking and talk to people that are older. And I can give you a lot more examples, but I'm going to try to wrap this up and I want to do done deal investments real quick. So for anyone that doesn't know, my name's Tyler Dunn. I own a company, Done Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. And, um, <clears throat> and what this business is designed to do, it's designed to help distressed sellers. So anyone that financially can't sustain their property any, anymore <clears throat> and take an investor and put them on a deal together. And so the investor is going to help that distressed seller out. So done deal investments uh, job really is to put the deal together and make sure that the seller and the investor are both on the same page and that the deal goes smoothly together. So like done deal investments is really in charge of the deal. Now, uh, this could work with uh, pre-foreclosures, foreclosures with banks, this could work with anyone that is trying to get a job transfer and they have to leave within the next week. They can't use a realtor. Uh, maybe you don't like using real estate agents and they just they, they just annoy you. They take too much commission. They um 
they, they haven't really helped you. They take forever to sell. <clears throat> uh, done deal investments can help you with that. You inherited a house. You, um, you go through a messy divorce. You just want to sell really quick. You don't want to go through a long process of selling it. Um, I'm trying to think of it, it just basically works with anyone that really wants to sell their house extremely fast um, and and get it, you know, just sell it really fast. That's really what this works for. Um, and we give you a cash offer. Now, it's three steps. This is how this works. Three steps that I call the three steps to financial freedom. The first step is you have to contact Done Deal Investments LLC in some way, shape or form. Now, on Facebook, we have the website, we have the email, we have the phone number, we have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And on um, Instagram, if you're watching on Instagram Live, we have the website in the comment section. But um, even if you go to my personal, sorry, if even if you go to my personal pages, you can still get to Done Deal Investments <clears throat> somehow. Now, um, so that's step one. You have to contact us. Now we're just going to ask you some very very basic information in the beginning. It's just going to be like, what financial condition are you in that, that you have to sell really fast or what's your situation that you have to sell fast? Then the other uh, questions would be related to um, what condition your home is actually in. Like, what condition do you consider your home in? And, um, you know, what expenses, I guess, would the investor take on uh, if they're going to take on this deal with you? And then from there, we're going to go into step two. So step two would be we set up an appointment with you. <clears throat> Try to bear with me. My throat's kind of giving out on me a little bit. Hang on. So step two would be, <clears throat> step two would be, um, we set up an appointment with you. We come to your property. We take five pictures outside and five pictures inside. And then I bring an estimate sheet and we go, okay, we need to, to get rid of this mold. We have to fix this broken window. You have roof damage that has to be fixed. So on and so on. And then the reason we're taking pictures and we're getting the estimate costs is when we go and find an investor for you, we want to make sure the investor is on the same page. He has all the information of, um, you know, this is how much it's going to cost him. These are the pictures of the inside and outside. So we don't have all this foot traffic coming through your property. From there, we go into step three. Now, step three is <clears throat> we're just, we're going to, um, Negotiate on the price and the and the terms, and then the deal is basically done from there. And then you just sign the contract. So, um, how we get this is we go and we take your neighborhood that your house is in. We get an average price on it, which we just take three houses that have sold the most recent in your in your neighborhood. <clears throat> sorry, I'm I'm really sorry about that. Um, and we just get an average price, and we deduct from the average price, how much it's going to take for the investor to put it in mid condition and sell it on the market. Um, from there, we just negotiate on that price. And if you need, you just tell me what you need. If you need to stay in the house for three more weeks, if you have to do X, Y, and Z before you can move, you let me know. That'll be the terms. And I'll tell that to the investor, make sure the investor is on the same page. And from there, <clears throat> we just sign the contract, the seller signs, which would be you if you're a seller. I would sign the contract for done deal investments and whoever we get as an investor would sign on to the contract. And from here, what happens is investor takes ownership of the property. We give you that cash offer that we offered you and negotiated on. And from there, uh, done deal investments also uh, makes a commission fee off the investor, which is the coolest part, not the sellers. So you don't have to worry about paying done deal investments or any commissions. Uh, that's going to be handled by the investor. Sorry. Now, um, the seller, uh, the, the investor obviously wants to do this because he's going to flip it, help out the seller and he'll flip it and make money on the, on the deal. Cause he's putting more capital into the house and he's flipping it and making more money on the deal. Now the seller is going to be satisfied or going to want to do this because they're, they need financial help and they don't have another resource. The bank isn't going to help them. Uh, the bank won't help them. A lot of other financing resources kind of won't help them. <clears throat> their credit's going to suffer. So this is a good resource for them to not get their credit affected, be able to just get cash up front and then go buy another property that they can afford. Right. And they don't, they, and they're going to lose the money in that house regardless, because if they sink money into it at year after year after year, 
<clears throat> they're going to lose it with bankruptcy, right? Or not bankruptcy, but foreclosure on the property. So either way, they're going to want to they're going to want to try to get out, you know, get their feet from underneath them and, and plant their feet down. So this is a good resource for that. Now, um, what I'm trying to do in the future with done deal investments is, is make it so it's expanded into different niches in real estate. So when I help the distressed seller, I then can help them further and further and further and further. And they don't have to go and find five or six other resources. By the way, if you do need other resources, like let's say I helped you and, and we get a deal for you and we help you out um, and you need a real estate agent, you need a home inspector. I have all those resources available, like people that can do it for you. I just don't, like done deal investments is not going to be part of that deal. It's going to be you and that business person, uh, the contacts that I give you. But what I'm trying to do is add home inspections, add real estate agents, add financing. So we all, it's a one-stop shop. We just help you and all the resources are available there and you can choose to use our resources or you don't have to use them. But it's really designed to just help that distressed seller move forward. All right. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the that's the future of done deal investments. I'm trying to work on different aspects. Now, we're going to wrap this up cuz <clears throat> my throat's really like killing me right now. But um so this has been episode 80 of Goals and Updates. My name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments LLC where the deal is already done. Thank you for joining and I'll see you Monday. Peace. <laughs>